Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. attention will know that we're kind of meandering our way hodgepodge through the book of Acts, looking at what lessons we uh, from the early church apply to us. So we've been looking at this series called We Are. And I'm going today, I might get to the, the chapter of Acts eventually, but I'm going to do a bit of groundwork. Those who don't know me, I really like to set groundwork for anything I talk about. Those who do know me might remember I will talk for 20 minutes before I actually get to the passage and then I will very quickly sum up the passage. I will try and be brief. Okay, today I'm going to be looking at the two things that the entirety of the Bible is built on. I was going to go through, pick out some key passages and then realise that to summarise and just go through the key passages of the Bible I would need to read you the entire Bible. So, we're not going to do that. I assume you want to go home sometime this week. Okay, today we are looking at praying and serving. And the entire Bible is filled with basically three things. People praying, people serving, or people not praying and serving and things going very wrong for them. The entire Bible, basically those three things. There's a couple of other little bits like the beginning of Genesis where God's doing some stuff and no one's around to mess it up. But Okay, so I could spend this entire talk on just... I'm a little bit peeved at Tim Simmons for this, because praying and serving, I feel, could be an entire series by itself. The passage of Acts he gave me, I feel like, deserves an entire weekend-long workshop on. I've got 25 minutes. Before, I could talk to you about the importance of prayer. But I've been to prayer meetings with most of you. I know what, how deeply you care about prayer, how passionately you pray. I could talk about serving and how important it is that you serve your church and community. But I know all of, most of you already know that because I see the way you serve in, your, in church, in the midweek group, in your workplaces. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about how important it is that we do both of those in balance. Because I know for some people here, including myself, it's balance that's the real issue when it comes to praying and serving. Let me start in James. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? I'm not sure if I've got the same translation there, but we'll work with it. Suppose you see a brother and sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, Goodbye, and have a good day. Stay warm, eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself is not enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now some may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. If all you do is spend your time in prayer, what service to the kingdom is that? You could seclude yourself far in the hills and spend your entire life in prayer and be deeply in tune with God, but if you never actually spread the message, you never serve the people around you, you are doing nothing for the kingdom. 
But if you take, go to the other extreme, you spend all your time serving, you're on every rotor at church, you pray with everyone in your workplace, you're at three different midweek meetings, you go to the monthly prayer meeting, but you never actually spend time in your own prayer, communing with God. Your service is going to go wrong. Things will get in the way. Because that's what happens when we don't align ourselves with God through prayer. The purpose of prayer is to develop a one-to-one relationship with the God of the universe and to learn his heart for us. The purpose of serving is to take the heart that God and will that God has for us and display it so that others can come to believe in the one who saves. The Gospels are a continual cycle of this. Jesus goes away alone and he prays. And then he comes down from the hill and he preaches the Sermon on the Mount. Then he goes across the lake to pray in seclusion. And then he gets across the lake and he casts out an army of demons. Then he goes into the hills and prays. And then he comes back down and feeds 5,000 people. And then he goes up to the garden to pray. And then he goes to his execution. Prayer, service, prayer, service, prayer, service. This is Jesus' constant pattern. And if we want to be like Jesus... I'm assuming that you're here because you're kind of interested in this being like Jesus thing then we need to have the same pattern in our lives pray, understand God's heart for us for the day then go out, carry out his heart for us for the day pray, find out God's heart for us for the day serve, carry out his heart for the day pray, serve, pray, serve this needs to be our daily pattern but there is balance it is not intended for us to only pray or only serve and it is not intended for us to burn ourselves out in this Jesus shows a pattern of continuous prayer continuous service but a balanced and measured approach I know people in here who have given themselves too much to service and have burnt out and feel underappreciated and exhausted and they're not sure what's going wrong. God sees every bit of it and his cry to you is, come back to me, let me give you rest first. We are not called on to serve 24-7. We are called to serve at God's command, where God commands, when God commands. Okay. Everyone happy with that? Nothing more I need to say? Okay. I can probably find a few more things to talk about. Jesus taught us how to pray. And in that, he says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do we find out God's will? We find out God's will through prayer. How do we do it on earth? By putting into action what we hear from God. Let me finally get to the book of Acts, chapter 6, verse 1. So, if you recall a couple of weeks ago, Tim Simmons was preaching on the community, on Barnabas and Ananias and Sapphira. This is sometime after that, somewhere between six months to a couple of years, it's not clear. But the community has grown massively. 
And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. Now I'm going to stop there briefly. So, the Hellenists and the Hebrews, all were Jews, but from different communities. So the Hebrews would have been the community of Jews living in and around Jerusalem. And the Hellenists would be from the Greek-speaking diaspora that had come back from Pentecost and been there when the Holy Spirit came and converted and stayed around. And as time passed, some separation grew. What may have been the case is that the Greek-speaking community didn't have homes in the city, so they had set up a temporary camp outside. And, as everyone knows the saying, out of sight, out of mind, it was almost certainly wasn't deliberate, but they were being overlooked and forgotten, and the people most in need in that community weren't getting fed, weren't getting cared for. And the, and the believers came to the disciples and said, this is not what you are preaching. And the disciples looked at him and went, you're right, but we don't have time. And this is where I want to talk about the importance of balance. Because the disciples knew their calling. They had been told to go out into all the world and make disciples of every nation. If they spent their time making sure everyone in the community of thousands was being properly cared for, they would not have time to leave that community and preach to those who hadn't yet heard the gospel. And so, move on to the next verse. No, wait. I've already covered this. So the disciples go, we don't have time to deal with this. Find people. Find people who pray. Find people who know the will of the Spirit. And we will set them responsibility for this so that the church is served, so that people are blessed, and so that the gospel can continue to spread without us needing to worry that the people who already believe are suffering. And this pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, Nicholas, whom they set before the apostles. And then the apostles prayed for them and laid hands on them, and the word of God spread. You see, even in this, the disciples, they're praying and preaching, and praying and preaching. And then, a new, and then someone comes to them and goes, you need to, we need more from you. We need this other act of service. And the disciples go, yes, this service is needed, but we cannot provide it. And then they find people who are already praying and who are available to serve. And they pray for them and set them to serving. And we can see the power in this, because if we go into future chapters, we'll see that several of the people who are appointed initially to making sure people are fed go on to be some of the most significant figures in the early church. Stephen goes on to become the first martyr. He preaches one of the greatest sermons to, in, written in the Bible. Philip is responsible for the planting of the church in Samaria, Judea, and Ethiopia. This, 
is what God does with those he calls to serve. He starts you small, and as you show your faithfulness in prayer and service and prayer and service, he raises you up and raises you up, and suddenly you look back and go, how on earth have I ended up here? I want to share a story with you about the importance of balance. I was having a... This was several years ago, before all of the world went insane. And I was talking about what I do at Oasis, how I, the sort of people I help, the sort of problems I deal with. And then the conversation, as it does, moved on and we started talking about some of the really big issues with the world. The problems with politics, the problems with the climate, the problems with injustice and the problems with war. And my friend look, suddenly stops and looks at me and goes, Tim, with all of these problems in the world, why aren't you doing something about them? Why are you giving all of your time to this small little charity where you're only helping a couple of dozen people? And if someone else had asked me that, I might have fobbed them off or just dodged the question. But this friend mattered to me, and I wanted to give them a good answer. So I sat, and I thought about it. And then I realised that this was actually a really complicated question, so I sat and thought about it some more. And then... In my head, I was quietly praying about it, asking God for, to give me a good answer. And this was my answer. I only have two hands. And my friend looked at me like I was a little bit nuts because they didn't feel that answered the question at all. So I decided to explain a little bit. I cannot deal with every problem the world has. I don't have the time. I don't have the resources. I don't have enough hands. Every time... I serve someone at Oasis, I am helping improve a life. But the time I'm doing that, I can't be lobbying politicians to, for a more just immigration system or writing letters to companies asking them for greener policies. I don't, there is not enough time for me to deal with every problem. And I know that God has called me to Oasis, to serve in the way I'm serving, to help in the way I am helping. So I have to trust and pray and live in faith that as God has called me here to serve this community, God has called other people to other places to tackle the other problems. Because I believe that God is a loving God who cares for his whole creation. And I believe that God knows better than we do what the problems are with the climate and with, the, with economies and politics and war and trouble and disaster. So if I believe that God has called me to Oasis and not to tackle those, then God has a plan for dealing with those. I could decide that I don't think God's got this right. I could go, I'm going to give everything I've got to Oasis during Oasis hours and then as soon as I get home I'm going to get on the phone and I'm going to start calling Tesco's and demanding that they stop using plastic packaging and as soon as I get off the phone with them I'm going to start writing emails. But I would burn out so fast. Yes. Because I would not be spending any time in the restoring presence of God. If I gave every moment of my waking hours to tackling the problems with the world, and there are problems, I would not be getting any rest for myself, and I would not be acting in line with God's will for me. Because the only way I can know God's will for me is by talking to him. And if I stop talking to him to focus on the problems, I don't know which problem God wants me focusing on. And so... The pattern that I need in my life is pray. God, today, do you still want me at Oasis? God, today, these are the problems on my heart. Do you want me to act on them? And then 
in having spent time in prayer I then set my path for the day and act according to God's will. And I say this like I do this every day. I don't. I'm terrible at this. But this is the ideal. The, this is the ideal we want to work towards. That every day we pray and no, learn God's heart for us and spend time just receiving restoration and refreshing. And then we serve. And then at the end of the day we come back and go, God, I have served you today. Now I am tired. I need refreshing. There was a time when I was younger and perhaps less wise when I was one of those people on every rotor at church. Back when I was at university, there was not a single week of the month I was not doing something at church. I was on the tech team, I was on the prayer team, I was on the kids team, I was on the hospitality team. And after about four months of this, I realised I wasn't getting anything out of church because I was never able to just sit and worship and pay attention to the sermon and receive because there was always something else I needed to be thinking about. It was, is the tea on? Are the kids okay? Have I got the words right? Is there anyone that's currently in distress that I need to go and pray for? And I could never just sit and focus on God. It is important that we find balance in ourselves, that we balance communication with God, time to receive and be blessed and to request and to go to God with our needs and time to take God out to wherever he has called us, whether it's serving in church at the front, whether it's serving in church by sweeping the floors after everyone's got out of the building and no one knows what you're doing it, whether it's your call is not to serve God in the church but to go out and evangelize, to tell your friends about him, whether it's just to bless people by litter picking or serving coffee to someone who needs a hand. It is as important to the kingdom that you sit down with a friend midweek and have a cup of tea with them and let them vent about how rough their life has been as it is to the kingdom for me to stand here and go God is great and you all need to know that this is what the kingdom is built on Paul says this incredibly well in his letter to the Corinthians there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit there are differences of ministries but the same Lord There are differences of activities, but the same God works in all of them. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the blessing of all. One is given a word of wisdom. Another, the gift of knowledge. Another, the power to heal. But in all of these things, it is the same Spirit at work and the same will behind them. And it doesn't matter if your calling is to preach or to heal or to encourage because all are part of the same body, the same kingdom, the same faith, the same God. And that is what we grow towards. We are praying, we are serving, but we are one body, one community. And however we pray and however we serve, all of us are empowered by each of us acting in that way. Jesus says the two greatest commandments are to love the Lord and to love your neighbour. And in that we can see praying, love the Lord, serving, love your neighbour. And it is in love that we are empowered. 
Corinthians 13, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but have not love, I am a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, but do not have love, I gain nothing. In prayer, we show God love. In service, we show each other love. And in balance, we love ourselves. And that is where the beauty of the kingdom is most empowered. Let me jump back to that bit of Acts. The disciples, they're busy. They're praying, they're going to the temple, they're preaching, they're getting arrested, they're getting beaten, they're going back home, they're praying, they're going to the temple, they're preaching, they're getting arrested. Their day's pretty booked. Beatings take a long time. And they don't have time. So they find people who are already praying. But they don't select them. The selection comes from the community. The, sele- the people in need are cho- choose who will serve them based on their knowledge. There is a trust there. There is a relationship there. We are called to serve in community. We're not... Co- It is expected that we will be trusted by those we are serving, that we will love those we are serving. If we cannot love those we serve, we're in the wrong place. We're serving the wrong thing. And we need to go back to God and go, this isn't where I'm meant to be. If we don't have love, we need to have more prayer. Because God's heart, when we pray, God's heart is revealed to us and we can feel the love God has.